بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد continuing with the discussion of the four actions that have been compiled by Hazrat Mawla Shah Hakim wa Dr. Sahib Rahmatullahi we had been discussing the third aspect about the protecting of the gaze from casting any haram glances Hazrat says further some people object and say what have we done we did not take anything or do anything to anybody all we have done is cast a glance these molvis needlessly frighten us nay the molvis are not frightening you allah taala and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam are prohibiting you the molvis do not make any masla that is any law of deen they merely explain the laws of deen the verses of the quran sharif and the hadith presented above are these the things of any molvi furthermore i say to such people who claim that we have taken nothing and done nothing but only cast a glance that if your casting a glance is such an insignificant act then why are you casting glances simply forsake casting lustful glances thus it is obvious that they are taking something and doing something when casting glances what they are taking and doing is actually deriving haram pleasure which they import into their hearts as a result their hearts become ruined when one casts lustful glances one becomes distanced away from allah taala to such an extent that in no other sin one is distanced away so far the qibla of the heart completely changes the heart that was directed towards allah taala turns 180 degrees away towards the person one had glanced at it is as if the heart has turned around completely to face the object of the lustful glance and has turned its back to allah taala this is as a man of this explaining that it is as if the person's heart has turned away from allah taala turned its back to allah taala and turned completely to face the object that the person is gazing at so this is now turning the complete focus away from allah taala obviously such a heart is going to be very far away from allah taala hence whether the person is performing salah reciting the quran sharif or anything else that beautiful face is in front of him when in solitude also the mind is still engrossed in the same beauty now instead of the remembrance of allah taala the remembrance of that beautiful beautiful person is in the heart the heart is not subjected to such destruction by means of any other sin this might seem a little maybe exaggerated but this is in the way that it unfolds and plays out that it can become the most serious sin one person mentioned to some alim that he was watching the news so now sometimes these are the excuses shaitan uses to say well this is something fine huh? i'm not watching some movie or something watching the news so he was watching the news but the news presenter was a female so he was just watching the news he says now that the problem that ensued later 
after this, watching the news, was that that picture now is stuck in his mind. And to the point that when he is in Salah, he is making sajda, that picture is in his mind. Can you imagine? It is as if, na'uzubillah, the person is making sajda to that haram in his mind. Now, outwardly, it might seem like this is one thing that just came and went, but it didn't go. It got stuck in his system. And it is affecting not just anything else, also his salah, right up to his salda, where a person is to be closest to Allah Ta'ala. The Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned, that the closest a person is to Allah Ta'ala is when he is in sajda. Now, this person is in sajda, but he is far away from Allah Ta'ala, he is in this haram. So, this is not a minor thing, it's not something that, well, it's like one of the, technically maybe it might be counted as, maybe not on the initial stage, not as a major sin, but anything that is classified by the fuqaha as maybe not a major sin, by repeatedly engaging it, israr, that in that person's regard becomes a major sin. That becomes a kabira. It was perhaps maybe in itself technically not, but in his regard it becomes a major sin. Because this is a kind of istighfar, it's trivializing that whatever it might have been. So, this is something very, very destructive. For instance, at first, the point that was being made is that the heart is not subjected to such destruction by means of any other sin. For instance, a person has missed his salah, or he has spoken a lie, or he has harmed somebody, his heart will turn away from Allah Ta'ala to some degree. However, he will repent and seek the, the forgiveness of those he has harmed, and his heart will once again be directed towards Allah Ta'ala. On the contrary, the sin of casting glances is such that a person becomes completely unmindful of Allah Ta'ala and the love of the person he has gazed at settles in his heart. As a result, some people even lost their Iman at the time of death. This is something which the ulama have recorded incidents of this nature. One person was being induced to decide the kalima at the time of his death. And then he was told that fear Allah Ta'ala, your whole life is spent in this haram and in this filth. Now make tawbah and forget about this illicit beloveds. So the thing that came on his tongue at that time, that he said an Arabic couplet, the crux of the couplet was, that the love of this beloved of mine is more beloved to me than the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. Na'udhu And saying this, he left this dunya. Can we imagine that at that critical time, what a, what a situation it became, but what played out at that time was this entire life of this haram glancing that settled in the heart in such a way that it now affected the person's death as well. Allah Ta'ala declared in a hadith Qudsi, إِنَّ النَّظَرَ سَهْمٌ مِنْ سِحَامِ إِبْلِيسَ مَسْمُومٌ مَنْ تَرَكَهَا مَخَافَتِي أَبْدَلْتُ بِهَا إِيمَانًا يَجِدُ حَلَاوَتَهُ فِي قَلْبِهِ That verily, 
This is a hadith Qudsi, where Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Sallallahu says that Allah Ta'ala says that verily the evil glance is a poisonous arrow from the arrows of shaitan. The evil glance is a poisonous arrow from the arrows of shaitan. The one who will forsake casting an evil glance out of my fear. The one who will forsake casting an evil glance out of my fear, out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. I will give him in return such iman, the sweetness of which he will taste in his heart. In other words, he will physically acquire the sweetness of iman which will be present in his heart. The one aspect to consider in this Hadith Sharif is the first part is that the evil glance has been described as the poisonous arrow of shaitan. If a person is shot with an arrow, that is already a big problem. It will injure him, hurt him. And if it's poisonous, then even if it just scratches him, it can be fatal. Now, this is a poisonous arrow that is hurting or injuring the person externally. Hitting him on his hand, hitting him somewhere on his body externally. What about that arrow that goes straight directly into the heart? And that too is a poisonous arrow. So something that hits a person externally, that poison will still travel through the bloodstream and finally still get to maybe the heart or some other vital organ and cause some kind of major problem for him. So it will still take some time before it travels through the bloodstream and gets there. Imagine that arrow which goes directly into the heart, that bullet which is shot directly into the heart. So, this may not affect, apparently not affect the person immediately physically, but it affects his spiritual heart instantly. It affects his spiritual heart instantly, that this arrow of shaitan, and now one arrow is bad enough. Imagine arrow upon arrow of shaitan getting directly into the heart of the person. What will remain of the condition of their heart? As a result, the heart becomes totally disinclined in time now, this continues and becomes a habit of a person. Now this heart is filled with the poison of shaitan. Because shaitan's arrows, poisonous arrows have been now piercing this heart one after the other. As a result, this heart gradually starts becoming, unless the person makes sincere toba, makes a lot of istighfar, and together with the toba and istighfar, he also makes the mujahada of then guarding his gaze. One is with the Tawbah and Istighfar, the sin, inshallah, will be forgiven. He made sincere Tawbah, Allah Ta'ala will forgive him. But the nur of the heart doesn't come back immediately with that. It's like a person, he broke somebody's item. He damaged some, somebody's, whatever, one glass now, for example. He broke it. So now he broke that item, so, if this was deliberate, it was sinful. Besides the right of the person, he broke the law of Allah Ta'ala also. That you should not cause any harm to anybody. So now he made Tawbah Istighfar. So he made Tawbah Istighfar, Allah Ta'ala will forgive him. But he still has to now pay back what he has destroyed. By making Tawbah Istighfar, the right of that person won't just automatically get fulfilled. He'll have to ask that person's forgiveness also or he will have to then make amends by
paying back the cost or the value of that item. So the point in this is that in some things, Toba and Istighfar will get the sin forgiven, but the damage done, that won't automatically get reversed. That will require something separate. The damage that has been caused will have to be attended to separately. So the heart that was damaged as a result of this haram glancing, the damage won't get reversed instantly. On Toba and Istighfar, the sin will get forgiven. But in order to now reverse this damage, to get this darkness out and get the nur back, he'll have to now make that same mujahada on the next occasion that he's confronted with this kind of situation. Now when he will make the mujahada of guarding his gaze, then the zulmat that came as a result of misusing the gaze, that zulmat and darkness will leave and this noor of this mujahada will now lighten the heart up again. So on the one hand, the toba istighfar is essential obviously, but at the same time, this opposite action will now have to be undertaken and then the damage will be will be removed. So here in this Hadith Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says that a person who, that this haram glance, this evil glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan and the person who will leave it out of my fear, out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. One is that he was tempted to cast some haram glance but he realized that he is being observed. By who? By some insan. So now because of the fear of insan, he did not carry on like he doesn't know what's going on in dunya. He is beyond all these things. But as soon as insan were not to be seen, then he forgot insan. So it might appear that that insan is looking at him. Maybe he's not even looking at him. But Allah Ta'ala is watching all the time. So for insan, he restrained himself. But for Allah Ta'ala, so he's so unmindful of Allah Ta'ala that now it makes no difference to him. So, if he restrained himself because of insan, then obviously that was something that he did for insan. So he can't expect anything for Allah Ta'ala, from Allah Ta'ala. But he restrained himself out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. Whether there was any insan present, or whether he was totally alone somewhere. But out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala, he restrained himself. Then this is the reward for such a person. The one who will forsake casting an evil glance out of my fear, I will give him in return such iman, the sweetness of which he will taste in his heart. In other words, he will physically acquire the sweetness of iman, which will be present in his heart. This is not some world of fantasy or imagination. (coughs) It is the revelation of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has not instructed us to merely imagine that the sweetness of iman has entered the heart. Rather, he has declared the word, Yajidu. Man tarakaha makhafati, abdaltu biha imanan, yajidu halawatahu fi qalbihi. The word yajidu means, which means that you will physically experience the taste, you will experience it. You will physically experience the taste of iman and find it present in your heart. Some muhaddisin explain that this is something which is referring to the sweetness in ibadat, that a person who has restrained his gaze from haram, Allah Ta'ala will bless him with the sweetness of ibadat, he'll get that pleasure of salah, that pleasure of tilawat, 
the pleasure of zikr. Others state that that goes without saying. That if a person has given up haram pleasure for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will fill his heart with this halal pleasure. That goes without saying. That is so to say a given. What is referred to here is over and above that. That this is a physical experience. Like a person eats something sweet, then that what he has put onto his tongue, he feels that sweetness throughout his body. If it's something really sweet, then he can perceive that sweetness entirely. So likewise, this is a physical experience. It's not something just in a metaphorical sense. Dear friends, practice on this prescription of abstaining from lustful glances and see the effects for yourself. That for the, out of the love and fear of Allah Ta'ala alone, a person keeps restraining his gaze and he will see the effect for himself. The heart will experience such sweetness of Iman that as a result, the value for the kingdoms of the seven continents will perish from one's heart. Allama Abu Qasim Qushayri writes in Risala Qushayriya that by the injunction of guarding the gaze, Allah Ta'ala has taken away the pleasure of the eyes, but in return He has granted the non-perishable sweetness of Iman. Mullah Al-Qari writes that وَقَدْ وَرَدَ أَنَّ حَلَاوَةَ الْإِمَانِ إِذَا دَخَلَتْ قَلْبًا لَا تَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ أَبَدًا It has been narrated that once the sweetness of Iman enters the heart, it never leaves it. This is something, if Allah Ta'ala has blessed the heart with the sweetness of Iman, then this Allah Ta'ala won't take away. So, what is this indicating? So further Mullah Ali Qaid Ahmadullah comments that فَفِيهِ إِشَارَةٌ إِلَىٰ بَشَارَةِ حُسْنِ الْخَاتِمَةِ In this is the indication towards the glad tidings of death upon Iman. So outwardly this just seemed like one action but just as the casting of haram glances became a means of a person losing his Iman at the time of death. Protecting the gaze inshallah becomes a means of a person's death on Iman. The reason for this is obvious, since when Iman will never leave the heart after having entered, due to the sweetness of Iman now having come, death will also come upon Iman. Thus, protecting the gaze as is a guaranteed, is a guarantee for death upon Iman. Friends, nowadays this great wealth of gaining death on Iman is being distributed in the bazaars, at airports, at stations, etc. In these places, protect the gaze and gather the treasure of the sweetness of Iman. What is being stated here is that because of this abundance of shamelessness, because of this nudity that is now prevalent everywhere, so automatically this is a situation where a person has to keep protecting his gaze and keep gaining this great bounty of Allah Ta'ala of the sweetness of Iman. It doesn't mean in any way that a person should deliberately take himself to such situations where this kind of fitna abounds and say, no, I came here to protect my gaze. Person doesn't put himself in danger deliberately. But if he's in a dangerous place, then he will take his precautions. If he's in a dangerous situation, then he will try to protect himself and move away from there as quickly as he can also. 
But because this is something that now at every step a person is confronted with all kinds of fitna, so therefore this is not something to regard as a situation of, well, hopelessness now, that there's no way of now protecting oneself, so forget about it. That is shaitan's deception. If it was something that was impossible, then Allah Ta'ala would have revealed in the Qur'an Sharif that this command is up to the 20th century only. After the 20th century it won't apply. Allah Ta'ala didn't reveal any such command, that this will be only up to the 20th century. Or until the 14th Hijri this will apply. After it won't apply. This is still Qiyamah. So Allah Ta'ala does not give any command of something that is impossible. لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا Otherwise it will be taklif mala yutaq. It will be making a person or compelling a person to do something that is not in his capacity. And this is something that Allah Ta'ala never does. So this command is still qiyamat. This command is not something that is restricted by any time and place. That a person who is living in the jungles, this applies to him. And somebody who is living in a city, that this doesn't apply to him. It applies to everybody, everywhere. The thing is, what is being taught here and what is being told to us here is, that if this is, unfortunately and tragically, the situation outside, that there is an abundance of fitna, so now you convert this negative into your positive. This is a very serious negative, but turn this negative into your positive. How? That you react in the way that you have been taught to react. As a result, now not that this should have been the case outside, that outside the ideal situation would have been that there should have been no fitna. People should have been conducting themselves with morality, with haya, with modesty and shame. So if that had been the case, a person would have walked down the street from one end to the other and he would have not been confronted with any situation where he would have been tempted to cast some haram glance. So Alhamdulillah, that too would have been a very excellent thing that there is no fitna outside. But now that there is this fitna unfortunately, so for him from his perspective, he must turn this into a positive for himself. It's a terrible negative. He must turn it into a positive for himself. How? That well, now I've got an opportunity at every step to earn the sweetness of Iman. Previously I would have walked down the street, that might not have been the opportunity, not that that was something that we should, as mentioned, that a person deliberately goes to a place of fitna. But now that he has to go down that street, now he turns that into his positive. And he keeps earning the sweetness of Iman at every step. And this is something to apply in all other situations. And if a person just latches on to this one thing, life becomes very easy in so many things. For example, somebody said something hurtful. So it's human nature to get hurt about it. If somebody did something physically, for example, he slapped someone, I say, well, you must be sabr. So now that sabr means that you must not feel the pain. He'll feel the pain. But on that pain, he will exercise sabr. So if somebody did something physically, he'll feel the pain. Likewise, somebody said something hurtful, he'll feel the pain emotionally. So that is something which is human nature. So one is the negative that happened. But now, the way that he reacts is the issue. 
One is he can react in a like manner. And he's entitled to react in a like manner. وَإِنْ عَاقَبْتُمْ فَعَاقِبُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا عُوْقِبْتُمْ بِهِ Deen is a perfect way of life. So now this is a complete plan of life. So the borders are also defined very clearly. Look, there is a certain right that a person, what is, the situation has come up, so what is his right? So the rights are explained. That look, if you want to retaliate, then you are entitled to retaliate but only to the extent that you have been hurt. So if somebody said something hurtful, then a person is entitled to retaliate, but exactly in that same measure. But what happens generally? Generally what happens is, Allah forbid, if somebody has been abused, somebody saw at him, so more often than not, what will be the reaction? Now that person saw him, he will sway him, he will sway his father, his grandfather and great-grandfather also. His whole lineage he will want to sway. So, nafs and shaitan won't generally allow a person to stay within or won't leave a person to stay within the limits. But in any case, deen defines the limits. That look, this is the entitlement. But in the same ayat, immediately Allah Ta'ala says that وَلَئِنْ صَبَرْتُمْ فَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لِلصَّابِرِينَ Now one is the hudud shariat the limits of shariat. But together with the limits of shariat, there is the mizaj of shariat. One is the limits have been defined very clearly. But what is the, what is shariat encouraging us for what Allah Ta'ala wants us to do, that is then explained. That's the mizaj of shariat. The mizaj of shariat, that wala in sabartum, if you adopt sabr, this is better. So now that was a negative, somebody did something, that was a negative. This is an opportunity for him to turn it into a positive for himself. One is he could have retaliated in like manner, but he focused differently that whatever happened now, this person said something, why am I going to now get caught up in this? I will now start saying something also, then he will say something further, and Allah forbid I will say double something. So initially he was the zalim, now I will become the zalim, because I crossed the line. He was the zalim initially, I was the mazloom. Now that I said something more than what he said, so that already leveled out everything. But what more I said, that now became my zulm. So why should I put myself in this risk of becoming the zalim? Allah Ta'ala is with the mazloom. Rather let me just be the mazloom and let me make sabr. Now when he focused in that manner, he made sabr for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. For the sake of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala is with the sabirin. Now there was a negative situation. He turned that negative into his positive. How? That he now gained the great rewards of sabr. But when a person will focus in this manner, so now, one is now we're talking about the rewards of sabr, supposing the same person who said something hurtful, 
or let alone saying something hurtful, even slap the person on top of it. But as this person's anger was welling up, some people get angry instantly. And some people take a while to get angry. One person was traveling in a train, Allah used to mention this incident, and strong Patan, somebody now, he didn't realize that who is, he probably would always just keep tramping everybody's toes, but he didn't realize now what size toes he's tramping here. So he said something to this person, without any, just out of the blue, he just came and said something. This person looked at him with anger. So, now this person who was wrong, so he took offense at that also. And he slapped him. So now when he slapped him, so this Patan said to him, that, Abhi tak ghusane aya, phir thapar lagao. That I'm not yet angry enough. Slap me again. This person thought he is now fooling around with him, there's something wrong with him. He slapped him again. After the second slap, he still said, no, I'm still not angry enough. So when he gave him the third slap, he picked him up with one hand and from that moving train, the window was open, he threw him out. But now in order to get himself to do that, he wanted to re- let that anger reach a certain peak. But now he was somebody that, mashallah, was a bit of a calm person. But now in this instance, he wanted to peak that anger. But now he needed to be slapped thrice for that. So some people, after a lot of provocation, they might reach a certain peak. And some people, it's like just everything in this world that is becoming now this microwave age, that in a few seconds that is boiling. So now in a few seconds, it's like that microwave button has been pressed. In a few seconds before everything had to be put onto that stove, it will take a long time. By the time it starts coming to the boiling point, so people's tabiat was also like that. It would take a long time before something could really take them off the cliff. Now, it's like we're walking on the cliff all the time. The slightest breeze also and a person falls over. So the thing was, what we were talking about is, that one is the hudud shariat but the other is the mizaj shariat And a person who focuses in that direction, what Allah Ta'ala wants from me to gain the higher levels, to gain his closeness, now that he has, now this person we are talking about this example, this person slapped him also, but instantly he then suddenly took out 10,000 rand from his pocket and said, look, for having slapped you and for having abused you verbally, there's this money for you. So now, suddenly, just as this person was becoming very, very angry in one instant, as soon as he sees this money in front of him, the next instant suddenly, like that microwave was switched off. Suddenly now he is very thankful to, okay, Jazakallah, no problem, no worry. He mustn't make an issue of all these small, small things. But he takes that money and he walks away too. So now suddenly it became a small thing. What made it a small thing? Because he saw this money in front of him. When the yaqeen will come in the promises of Allah Ta'ala. This dunya, for the small little dunya, he became, he was able to control that anger in one moment. And in one moment, he said, don't make a issue of this. When a person will have the yaqeen in the promises of Allah Ta'ala, إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ That the sabirin, those who adopt patience, Allah Ta'ala rewards them with limitless rewards. And a person 
understands and realizes what is the value of one neki and one reward on the day of Qiyamah, then he will be greedy to take the maximum of rewards in dunya. He'll be haris upon the akhirat, not upon dunya. So this now, which was a negative situation, somebody said something hurtful to him, somebody did something that was now a difficult situation, but he turned that negative into his positive. So what becomes the result of this? That his heart gets cooled immediately. Because he's already focused on what he got in return. Like that money came, his heart would cool instantly. So now his heart would cool instantly. He's human, he feels the pain initially. He will get hurt too. But that what he focused on became a balm on that heart. As a result, he then carries on comfortably. He felt hurt for that minute or two, for a short while, maybe half an hour. And then he feels comforted completely that Allah Ta'ala made this an opportunity for me to gain his closeness. Khair, let this be. So now what happens is, his life becomes very, very light, very comfortable. Otherwise, one person said something, now he's walking with this in his heart, and now he's rewinding it repeatedly, but why did he say this? And now I need to sort him out somehow, but this person is a bit of an influential person now, I can't just, I'll have to think of a plan somehow. If nothing else works now, he's making baddua for him. How did that baddua help him? Had he made dua that will help, inshallah that person will get hidayat also, and he'll also benefit but in any case, the least difficulty of all this is that his heart is in turmoil. Now he's performing his salah also, his heart is in the same turmoil. He's busy eating some food that he enjoys. But his heart is still occupied in this fight. As a result, that na'mat Allah Ta'ala blessed him with, but he's not enjoying that na'mat also. Because he's in this turmoil. So the simple thing is, this is how... Dunya, a person makes his life light, is that he doesn't carry this baggage along. For that moment, he's insan, we all insan, we will feel something, we'll get hurt about something, we human beings after all. Yes, if something is becoming a problem, where somebody is repeatedly creating an issue for somebody, and this is becoming a problem in his day-to-day life, then in a dignified manner, Within the limits of Sharia, what has to be done, for example, take the matter up to somebody who will mediate the situation and resolve it, or speak to the person in a nice way that, look, this is becoming now out of the, is going way out of hand now, we need to conduct ourselves in a way that we don't hurt each other, whatever the case is, in a suitable way, we get the matter sorted out, but the point is that person lives his life lightly, otherwise carrying this baggage, in time, he gets crushed under the weight of this baggage. So this is the aspect that we are talking about, that this fitna, if the fitna is abounding outside, this is a serious negative, but this becomes an opportunity for him, not that he should be happy that this fitna is happening, but because it's already there, this becomes an opportunity for him to gain this halawate imani, the sweetness of iman. At every step, this is an opportunity for him. It's up to him. Does he take this halawat imani Or does he get caught up in this trap of nafs and shaitan and, and sink his heart in the zulmat and darkness of that fitna? This is what Hazrat is referring to here. 
that nowadays this great wealth of gaining death on Iman is being distributed in the bazaars, at airports and stations. In these places, protect the gaze and gather the treasure of the sweetness of Iman. Hence, acquire the guarantee of death upon Iman. Therefore, I say that if in these times there is an excess of nudity and shamelessness, there is also an abundance of the sweetness of Iman. Protect the gaze and partake of the halwa, the sweetmeats of Iman. The fourth action, protecting the heart. So protecting the gaze is essential and this is the gateway to the heart. So if a person will protect his gaze, then inshallah his heart will be protected also. But at the same time, person doesn't sometimes know what is going to suddenly confront him. This too is something that is to be understood in his context. This will probably be, it's going to be mentioned just now, that one is what is termed as an accidental glance. And regarding this, it's explained that the accidental glance a person is not accountable for. But now what is the definition of this accidental glance? For example, a person out of some necessity, as mentioned yesterday, that this is not a place to go and relax, not a place for just some kind of uh, entertainment to just go and now browse through that a person now is going through the malls because now he just wants to just relax. This is not going to relax him in any way. But out of some need now, a person had to go and buy something necessary and he had to go into some mall, for example. So now he entered that mall and he says, well, I ended up getting caught in several accidental glances. That is not accidental. Why? Because he knew 100% what is the condition inside that place. So before he even enters, he needs to make sure that his gaze is very low. Because there is no uh, guessing to do here that what is the situation inside. Every person knows what the situation there, that is full of fitna. And therefore as far as possible, he should avoid entering such a place. Advice that generally we Many people ask this question, so the advice that is given, that look, if it's inevitable, for example, what is required, sometimes it's some, for example, some office or something. Now that office is in, through this mall. Now person got no choice to get there, because that's where his work is. Or some item that is going to be purchased is available only in there, and he needs it. So now fine, what he's going to do, he has to go, he has to go, but he has to take all his precautions and go. But if that item, for example, is available, in some shop of the street. So now he will park his car at some point closest there and he will cross the pavement and he will be inside the shop. And he will do whatever he needs to do and he will walk back out. Now maybe sometimes in that store which is just off the street it might be a few rands more. But if that few rands, spending that few rands in order to protect his Iman because this haram glance affects his iman also. 
is this not a very, very cheap bargain? That for a few rands he saved himself from so much fitna. So one is, it's inevitable to go into a mall, for example, then fine, he's now got no choice, he has to have that, buy that item which is necessary for him. So he will go and do it, but do it in a way that now he takes all his precautions. But if it is available in some place which is off the, off the street, then as far as possible, even if it means he has to spend a few rands more, that is not money wasted, that is a lot saved. A person pays for time. To save time, he'll pay something extra. A person for comfort, he pays. A person is traveling in third class, he says, no, I can't travel in the third class. So he pays sometimes double the fare to travel in first class. Not for, double the fare, sometimes triple the fare to travel in first class. Why? He's paying for the comfort. Otherwise, he's going to get to the same point that those who travel third class are going to get to. He's not going to get anywhere else. But he wants to get there in some comfort. For the comfort he's paying. Double the fare, triple the fare. So for this, a person pays for safety and security. All these things that are put in place, guards and burglar guards and the alarm systems which are monitored on top of that, a person pays for all this. And he's paying monthly for that whole monitoring and he's paying for that guard. For what? Sometimes the whole month, the whole year, there wasn't one incident. But he carries on. Carries on paying for it for what? For safety. So for the safety of our wealth, for the safety of our physical selves, and indeed this is something that he's entitled and Allah has permitted him to take whatever steps he needs to take to protect his life, protect his wealth. But if protecting our physical selves, protecting our families, protecting our wealth, we're ready to pay for that. To protect our Iman, to pay for that. To protect our heart from getting soiled, to pay for that. Because this heart, this heart is not a small thing. Physically also, it's a major thing. If something goes wrong with it physically, it's a big problem. But the heart is the the seat of the love of Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> Somebody says, come along with your container, I'll pour something, pure milk, and that to it. All kinds of nutritious things have been added to it. Extremely delicious and tasty. Person now comes along with a very dirty, filthy bowl. He says, I don't even pour this thing. It's such a valuable thing and I must pour it in this filthy bowl of yours. Get away from here. So, when we know something of that is available, somebody is pouring something for everybody to come along with their containers and bowls, so he will go and wash it off first. He will make sure it's clean. We want the love of Allah Ta'ala to pour down in this heart. We want that connection and nisbat with Allah Ta'ala to pour in this heart. So how clean? We have to keep keeping this heart. Keep cleaning it out time and time again. So that we don't ever get deprived, we don't know which is that special moment when this mercy of Allah Ta'ala suddenly is being poured down. But at that time our container and vessel is filthy, how is it going to receive this? So in order to keep it clean, if it means paying a little more, this is paying to keep that heart clean. People pay at the car wash to keep the cars clean. What about paying a little bit more to keep the heart clean? 
So this is the procedure to then adopt, that a person avoids going into these environments without necessity, as far as avoidable, he does not step into these environments. Pay the little extra and save oneself from that fitna. But out of extreme necessity, a person has to go in and he will go and do it. The point that we were discussing was accidental glance, that when a person knows up front, as an example now, for example, a person is walking down on corridor. Now it comes to a point where he's going to turn and from this distance he can hear now some kind of footsteps. And he can make out that this footsteps is not of some male, this is a kind of footsteps of a female. He can hear the sound of it. This happens. So now he's keeping his gaze straight ahead. So now he knows what he's going to confront. And then after his gaze falls, then he says, well, this is an accidental gaze. So that's not an accident. He can hear some car coming down the other side. He's still driving head on. Then when he knocks in, he says, well, this was a, just an accident. He doesn't do that. He applies his brakes long, long in advance. So, an accidental gaze is where a person didn't expect to be suddenly confronted with a situation that he will now be, his gaze might fall on somebody. And then this suddenly happens. So he immediately now turned his gaze away and even on that accidental gaze, he should still make istighfar. Alhamdulillah used to say that that fly now in India and Pakistan and so on, well now things have changed quite a bit, but once upon a time, wherever you go, there's only flies. And when a person used to go for the first time, then people would sometimes just joke with him and tell him that here you have to eat with both hands. So he wonders now, why do you have to eat with both hands? You must eat with the right hand only. He says, no, with the right hand you must eat and the left hand must keep chasing the flies away. You have to eat with both hands. So now, in the mitai shops and so on, if a person wants to buy some mitai, first he has to ask the person to shift the flies out so he can see what's there. <laughs> so now that's why there's an example with the mitai. That that fly that sits on that mitai, but when it's chased away, so it flies away. But when it flies away, it takes something and goes. How minute that might be. Because that fly is so small itself. And when it picks something up, how minute that might be. As you say, in time, if this fly keeps sitting on that mitai and keeps flying away, in time this fly also, it might take a long time to, but in time it will collect so much mitai, it can open its own mitai shop. So likewise, this accidental glance also, this picks up something. And if a person doesn't clean that effect out, with his, he's not sinful for that because it is accidental, provided he immediately moved his gaze away. But if he doesn't make istighfar on that also, and clean the effects of that, in time this will gather and start darkening the heart. Then from accidental he will start, his gaze will start slipping deliberately, and before he knows it, he is now out of control. So even on that accidental glance, he should be making istighfar, and cleaning the effects of that from the heart, and the next aspect that is then discussed, the protecting of the heart, one is turning the gaze away, and equally important is turning the heart away as well. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Inshallah we'll continue tomorrow. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanakallah, bihamdi. Ashadu Allah, ilaha illa, astaghfirullah.